Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Corner Bookstore here on USA Global TV and Radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, which is currently 29 live broadcasts strong each and every week. I can't wait for this show. We have a returning guest, and we always love to have our guests come back and visit us again. Before we invite our guest out, I want to bring out my co-host and the star of our show. Her name is Diane Floyd-Bame, and she literally has been with me since the beginning here through all the iterations and evolutions of our channel now network. Diane is an international award-winning author of children's books as well as young adults. She's got a new book out. It's called A Time to Fly. We will be putting up the link for you to go ahead and purchase this beautiful piece of work. And she's got something else coming up very soon in October. Let's welcome Diane floyd Bain. Good morning, Dr. Jackman. Hello, Diane. How are you? Very well, thanks. Well, it's nice to have you here. We've been promoting your book, A Time to Fly. And uh, tell us about this book. What can people expect by reading this? Thank you for the opportunity. So A Time to Fly, and here it is right here. And it's exactly about birds. No, it's about everyone. We all have these moments in our life where we're like, I don't know, can I do it? Can I do it? I'm so afraid to do it. And the little bluebird is just like that. He's so afraid to fly. But once his mom, you know, gives him the encouragement, he flies and he soars. And it's just like us, you know, Dr. Jacqueline, I remember uh, thinking, oh, am I going to do okay with Dr. Jacqueline? Just being interviewed. I was so nervous. And now look where I'm at. And if I hadn't just said, okay, I'm going to do it, right? I, I wouldn't be a co-host with you today. And A Time to Fly is for everybody. It gives you encouragement to be the person you're meant to be. Thanks, Diane. You know what? I had actually forgotten you were nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, yes, you can do it. <laughs> I was so nervous because first of all, I was like, <gasps> she's a doctor. She has a PhD. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just a regular person, you know what I mean? Just yeah. my pants on like everyone else. Yeah. You're everything. pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for doing this show with me where we feature authors, we feature writers, and it's it's exciting. I love to learn about what people are passionate about and how they're letting that channel through them into the written word. And our guest today has been here before, which I've mentioned, and we did an interview together. It was really special because I really get to have a, a purview into different types of genres and different types of literary work that people are are doing. So tell me, Diane, what's your experience in being a fan or getting to know the world of fantasy? 
fantasy. I am in awe of people who can write fantasy um, in, in the way that Richard, our guest, is going to do. I, I don't get those kind of inspirations. I think because my background has always been with young children and young adults. Um, so it's, it is exciting. And you're absolutely right, Dr. Jacqueline, this opportunity to give authors, um, especially us indie authors, a chance to be seen and heard and people to get to know us. Um, it, it makes it more intimate for the person to actually want to read the book. So um, I really appreciate being part of the show and, and getting into the minds of these authors too. And I can't wait to learn more about Richard. I, I missed the uh, last interview because I was being interviewed. So <laughs> <laughs> I love when that happens. It's beautiful. Thanks. Well, without further ado, let's bring out our guest, Richard H. Stevens, fantasy author. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me on the show today. We're very excited to have you on the show. And I'd love for you to share a little bit with our audience about what you've been doing. You said you've been back to back with book signings. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, with uh, COVID uh, kind of going in the rearview mirror, it's not quite out of the way yet, but uh, we've been uh, shut down for two years uh, and book signings have uh, been all virtual. And uh, you know, I'm sure you guys know that uh, that is not as much fun and you can't interact with the actual fans. So. Yeah, we're trying to uh, make up for lost time. In 2022, we've done about 26 events already. We still have a, a bunch more events going on. We have two this weekend, and uh, I'm just getting out there and, and meeting the fans and trying to get my books in front of the readers. So we're very excited about doing all these uh, book signings and events, medieval fairs, comic cons, what have you. Thank you, Richard. Um, so what's it like to be in an event where there's 100,000 plus people and you're signing books? Yeah, it was quite interesting. I just did Fan Expo in Toronto last weekend. It was a four-day event, and it took us five days because we had a, a setup day as well. And there's 125,000 people filing through there. And it was quite chaotic, to say the least, uh, but it was quite enjoyable uh, to seeing all these different people. And th the cool thing about doing Comic-Cons is uh, there's a lot of the, for lack of a better word to say, the nerdier type that uh, are generally stay home. They're more introverted. Uh, they actually have a forum where they can actually come out and enjoy themselves. And you know, we all get dressed up. I'm in a knight's costume and you know, all the amazing costumes from the Marvel Universe and all these other universes that these people dress up as. And it, it's really nice to see them actually flourish. And you know they don't have any inhibitions. They're out there amongst their own crowd, and they're having a lot of fun. It's really nice to see them out. So I, I really enjoy doing them, and I enjoy meeting fantasy fans, especially, and I enjoy meeting uh, young authors who are just trying to uh, cut their teeth in the publishing world. It's, it's, it's a very daunting process. Yes, absolutely. And and I'm reminded by your T-shirt about your website. So for our friends who are listening on the radio or a future podcast episode, we're going to bring up your website. But tell us a little bit about your T-shirt and what you have on there. So this is just something I wear. I actually uh, do my own podcast on a, on a, on a Tuesday night. It's called Lurking for Legends, where we interview uh, indie authors and uh, narrators and anyone from the publishing world. And I like to wear this just because it promotes myself. Uh, my wife uh, designs all these things for me. It's just another way to promote myself. And so when people are watching the show, they can see my website, www.richardastevens.com. And that's probably the best way to find out about my books. So I've got other T-shirts that I wear if I'm at fan expos and stuff like that. If I'm not in the knight's costume, that on the back it says, I write epic fantasy. And then it has a whole bunch of uh, uh, links and stuff on my back. I don't know whether people actually take the time to write it down while they're following me. But uh, who knows? It's another way to get my name out there. 
I love the fact that you wear the costumes and you really get into it. I think that that makes a big difference. People don't do that enough, I think. I love it. Yeah, and the fans really enjoy it. They, can I take a picture with you? Can I take a picture with you? They just think it's so cool that you're actually doing what they're doing. Like, I'm not just there selling books. I'm actually there taking part in the festival as, as well. I enjoy it too. I, I, it's the one time, like, you know, I'm 57 now. It's not too often I get to dress up in a nice costume and, and look <laughs> normal. Like, you see me walking down the street, I'll probably get arrested. But uh, when we're at these Comic Cons and uh, uh, medieval festivals and stuff like that, uh, it, it's just great. It's almost like you're with your own crowd. I agree. When um, I've gone to Comic Con only one time and I, it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a, a whole different world. And I mm -hmm. I was in heaven. And it was the people who, the authors that were dressed up that I gravitated to. And of course, I went in my picture with them. And, and I realized when I left, I only bought books from everybody who was dressed up because <laughs> I just, uh, I just like gravitated with them, I guess. But you're right. It's cool what you're doing. Well, that's good to hear that it actually works then. <laughs> it, it does. And you'd be surprised. Uh, I saw some people who uh, were following someone and they thought that T-shirt was really neat. And, and the author didn't even know that their back was being taken a picture of. So we'll keep doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you stand out for sure. And you have a, a, a new release that's coming out. We have a visual of it. Tell us about this Windwalker. So Windwalker is uh, is an epic beast, and no pun intended, with a dragon on the front cover. My books keep getting bigger. So as an epic fantasy author, you, know, you expect uh, tomes from Brandon Sanderson that are like 800 to 1,000 pages. Mine aren't quite that big, but they're getting there. And uh, this book I started in November last year uh, during an event called NaNoWriMo, and they uh, challenge you to get 50,000 words in a, in a month. And it kind of sucked the life out of me because I was forced to get the 50,000 words that I write full time and I write 2,500 to 5,000 words a day. And some days I don't write anything, but uh, so Windwalker, I, I figured, you know, if I get 50,000 words a month, I would be done this in February and I'll have it out for April. And I kept promising my fans that this, the sequel to uh, Dragon Sect will be out in April. And then of course that didn't happen. And uh, then I told them it was going to be out in June. And then I told them it was going to be out in August for the fan <laughs> expo that we just did. And I just, uh, my printer's so amazing. I finally finished it and I got it to my printer the other day. And I said, can I have this for next Friday? Because I have a, a great big medieval fair going on uh, locally. And uh, he said, yes, I will have it ready for you. So I have to drive to Toronto to pick the book up, but that'll be the adventure in itself. But uh, Windwalker is a continuation of uh, the, the clandestine dragon rider uh, sect that and it's all about the rise of this uh, great elf queen. But in book one, Keeper of the Jewel, which started the whole thing, uh, this published last June, uh, she is not a great elf queen. She's a spoiled brat. <laughs> I love it, a spoiled brat. <laughs> How do you come up with these um, ideas for your books? I, the original story came in 1982 when I was listening to an Iron Maiden song, Run to the Hills, and I had no intention of writing a fantasy story. And that song is not even a fantasy song, really, but it just put this fantasy book in my head and it took me 35 years to write it. But when I published that in 2018, I started uh, Wizard of the North, which was its sequel. And every time I write a book now, I seem to get two more in my head because fantasy is so steeped in lore. You got wizard craft and elven craft, and you know, there's so many different things, dragons and all that stuff. And it's almost like Star Wars came out in 1977 
everybody loved Darth Vader, even though he's the antagonist, and they wanted to know more. How did Darth Vader get to be this, you know, such a big, dark, menacing character? <laughs> and they went back, and in the 90s, they released The Phantom Menace, and it was the rise of Darth Vader. So I think once you get something that people like, they want to know, how did you actually get there? So my original series is actually the last series of my universe, and I keep writing backwards. So every time I write a story, I get two more in my head, and I want to fill the gaps in. So uh, Keep of the Jewel takes place about 1,200 years before my original story. And uh, it's just the way it goes. Uh, I keep writing the histories of how mm -hmm. I actually got to the Soul Forge saga. Uh, that makes total sense to me. Um, I have what's called the Moonling Adventures and the Little Girl in the Moon. And I have the whole backstory in my head. And because I have that backstory, it gives me the stories forward. But mm -hmm. I always know eventually I'm going to have to share that backstory. But, and now that's what you're doing is you're sharing the backstory. That's, that's exactly called. what I'm doing. And um, actually, there, there is going to be an actual beginning of my universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a research trip planned for the British Isles in May 4th, 2020. And of course, that didn't happen. And uh, we've been debating whether we're going to go this year. And we put it off just because uh, travel is still a little suspect. So we're hoping that next year we'll get over to the British Isles and I can actually start the actual beginning of the Soul Forge universe. And it'll take place in England and Scotland and uh, all the amazing sites. So my research trip is supposed to be centered around the witchcraft and superstitions of the 15th and 16th century. So we'll be going to the Tintinjail Castle where it's supposed to be the rumored castle of King Arthur and Merlin's Cave is on the shoreline there. And you actually have to book uh, a time to go see Merlin's cave because the tide comes in and when the tide's in, you can't go see the cave because it's underwater. So we're very looking forward to that. And obviously we'll go see Stonehenge. I've been to Stonehenge before, impressive site. And there's so many different standing stone sites around the British Isles. Like even uh, in Northern uh, Scotland, we're gonna travel way up off the mainland into the islands above into the North Sea, I guess, and uh, check out some of the standing stone sites up there. So we're looking forward to it. We just haven't been able to get there yet. That is going to be a trip to remember. That certainly will. Absolutely. Richard, I have your website pulled up and I'd really love to show it if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Okay. Let me Just be careful it. you don't get burned because there's a dragon flying around there. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I'm going to be over here on the website. Tell me where to go. Okay, so you, you come in and there's a, it should have my first couple of books. It should be the most recent release, which would be Windwalker, which comes out next uh, next week. And then it should have the book that just released in November, which is Dragon Sect. And that is the book that comes between Keeper of the Jewel and Windwalker. Oh, sorry, no, my wife just updated it. So I apologize. That is actually book four. That's the one I'm going to be starting on. I was actually just working on my notes and stuff this morning, getting that book set up. So it's actually a four book series. So. When Legends Rise will be the final book in the High Cliff Guardian series. And now, then if you click on... Oh, sorry, sorry Richard, just the, uh, the cover is stunning, by the way. I love this. Currently on the typewriter. Is that true? Are you using a typewriter? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I originally started with an old Underwood typewriter, which is you know, half the size of one of your desks and probably weighs as much as an old black, huge typewriter in 1982 and it didn't even work. I had to uh, jerry-rig it with elastic bands to actually make the carriage advance one character every time I started typing a, a, a letter. So yeah, I think that's why she puts that in there. We still have that typewriter in a secret area. I have a great big library in my home and I built a, a special bookshelf that moves aside and you go into this secret room and inside there are all my original manuscripts in that typewriter. So I think that's why my wife plays with that. That's cool, I like that it. That's really cool. 
I look at the detail work on the cover here. It's really amazing. It's yeah, an incredible cover. That's just the front of the cover. All my covers are seen in my books. The, the nice thing about fantasy is I don't have to try and hit the genre when you like cozy mysteries, the covers are a certain way, just so that when you walk in the store, that's a cozy mystery. All I have to do is put a dragon on my book. There's no doubt what I'm writing. So mm -hmm. I can actually take a scene out of my book. So if you see the actual full cover, you'll see the rest of the dragon's wing and the bit of forest behind uh, he's sitting on the side of my, or she's actually on this one, she's actually taken off from a castle. So if you look really closely, there's a castle down at the bottom part of the dragon's legs. Mm -hmm. just water, but, uh, yeah, I see it yeah. there. Diane, do you see something flying by? Look at this. I do. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> Great web designer. <laughs> that is the my, my Oh my team. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we amazing. actually paid we actually paid thousand dollars for a professional web designer. We were not happy with the site and my wife took it down and she actually designed this herself. So she uh, oh, she does well amazing job. Yeah. Kudos so, to her. If you go uh, into the next one is my books tab. And I always invite uh, people who just take business cards from me when I'm at book signing events. But if you click on any uh, book cover, you will get the first chapter of every book. Is it showing up? I think I have to come back and stop sharing. Well, I oh, no, you can see it. Okay. There, yeah. yeah, you can see it. Okay. So if you click on if you click on Keeper the Jewel, it should give you the cover or the first chapter. The I know that's the way she has designed. Tell you so automatically it's, it's buy the book with the bird flying or the dragon. It, it should maybe it's just really difficult for us now, but that, so that's the premises. Anyway, anyone can go into my. Uh, my website and click on a cover and they can actually read the first chapter. So it's StreamYard. I'm going to go back. We should be able to do it now. StreamYard makes you change, go back and share. On oh, share. I see, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's showing up now. There yep, it there it is. Yep. There okay. it is. So, yeah. So it gives you the first chapter. Uh, once I get the first chapter written for When Legends Rise, it'll actually go on there. It'll be the rough first draft and it'll stay as a rough first draft until we actually get through the editing process. So uh, people that follow me can actually uh, read along with me. Would you like I to read for us? That. I cannot read that on your thing there. Okay. I can pull it up if you want me to do that. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You want the so that's the first chapter of Keeper the Jewel you got up there? Okay, whatever you want to read for us. Whichever. Yeah, just tell us what you're reading. Okay, well, if you have that there, I can do that one. I'll pull it back up. I always love it when the author reads something. I do too. Know? I feel like we're being led into their home. <laughs> All right, here we are. I'm in the published uh, paperback here. So bear with me because I'll be looking off screen kind of. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll get there. So much forward, Madam. But so this is called Tremors. And this is a this story is about the rise of an elf queen in my world. Uh, the female ascends the elven throne. And uh, just to set it up, uh, well, I'll just read it. And this, <laughs> uh, the first chapter is called Tremors. We should just lay siege to his castle and be done with it. KYs held the king of the elves stare without blinking. It had been a long day deliberating grievances with the inhabitants of South March, a few involving a certain rogue duke. The king raised thin eyebrows. Really? A slow smile dimpled Kay's cheeks, her pale skin and pure white hair, marking her as an elf as surely as the pointed ear securing her husband's spun gold tiara in place, a diamond-shaped piece of dragon ivory resting in the center of his forehead. No, not really, but some days I find myself wondering how to deal with them. Disappointment registered on the king's features. Kay rose from the willow throne, cupped his gaunt face in her hands, and kissed him deeply, thinking all the while, may the fairies keep this elf of mine. Her precious husband would do anything for her. If she asked him to fall on his rapier hanging from his belt, he would do so without a second thought if it meant her happiness. If only her brother would be so noble and utilize his own sword in the same manner. For some reason, her brother, Orlith Wise, 
had always strayed from the norm. Growing up, she never thought much of his strange ways. Named after their father, the original king of South March, Orlith was older than Kay and her twin sister Odine by several years. She had idolized him as an elfling, admired how proudly he bore the family name. But according to Elven law, Orlith had to be content with the fact that when their parents' rule came to an end, it was the eldest female who ascended the throne. Not that she wanted it. As far as Kay was concerned, Orlith was welcome to the burden of spending the rest of his life appeasing the masses, a thankless task if ever there was one. Kay had been quite content during her parents' reign. As South March's chief practitioner of nature's essence, her duty had required her to be in tune with the subtle nuances and shifts in the environment, seeking out and analyzing portents that might become problematic. There weren't many elves adept in the workings of the delicate magics to call themselves practitioners of the art. Her brother, on the other hand, was a natural leader. His skill with the broader magic at his command and indeed his prowess with his rapier separated him from the regular fighters of the land. In Kay's estimation, Orlis' biggest downfall was his vocal support of those who desired to bring the dragon community to heal. He had been heard more than once saying that the dragon rider was worth 10 warriors on horseback. But as history recalled, that hadn't always been the case. The attempted assassination of the great blue dragon known as Grimclaw had fleshed out that false supposition. Many dragons had died at the hands of the skilled horse riders from the north. If the elves weren't careful how they dealt with the dragons who had remained loyal to South March, Kay feared the majestic beast would follow Grimclaw into the wilderness beyond the cities of man. An act she genuinely believed would lead to dragonkind's extinction in the generations to come. She could feel it in her bones something she sensed while communicating with the Fae. But that was a long time ago. Kay released her husband's face. His furious frown considered her. You're up to something. Ha! <laughs> Kay spat. Dear old Hamas was too smart for his own good. She placed a delicate finger on the tip of his nose and ran the pointer finger of her opposite hand across his clean-shaven chin. Deep green pools of intelligence stared back. She smiled. That's why her parents had fostered their marriage. Although a valiant swordsman in his own right, Kay's mother had picked up on Hamas's intellect long before he had reached adulthood. Independent to a fault, Kay had never balked at her parents' intervention. She and Hamas had been friends their whole lives. Her earliest memories as a wee elfling included Hamas and his family. Court life had been a pleasant occasion back then, growing up oblivious to the concerns of the bigger world, if not for the rift. Sorry, there's a pause here. If not for the rift that had developed between the certain governing factions in South March regarding the attitude toward dragonkind, her life would have known nothing but happiness. She cupped Hamas's chin against, again and lifted it to accept her kiss. Nothing to trouble you, my sweet. At least, not yet. Something's amiss, but I can't put my finger on it. She smiled and tapped his nose. Perhaps it's nothing more than a shift in the seasons. Hamas gave her a skeptical look. Or perhaps you're not telling me everything, hmm? She raised her eyebrows twice in quick succession, the corner of her plush lips turning up the mischievous smirk he loved so much. Time will tell. Her hand trailed off his shoulder, down his arm, and lingered for but a moment in his palm before she skipped away, tossing her voluminous hair to one side. She paused to look over the thin sh shoulder strap of her white dress and winked. Or perhaps not. Exiting the throne room, her gaze fell on a life-size painting of a small elfling sitting on the neck of a green dragonling. She smiled. Maybe someday. Woo! That, that kind of sets up. The thing with epic fantasy, I, I know when uh, if you read Lord of the Rings, it takes you like 40 pages to get out of the Shire. I try not to linger too long on setting the scene, but the first chapter in, in an epic fantasy book, if you've never read anything before that, 
is just setting up why we're in this actual book. Like, wh where's this book going to go? So it, uh, tedious isn't the right word, but it almost seems uh, like there's a lot of stuff that you're reading here that isn't like explosions and gunfire and stuff like that, or dragon fire, I guess, in, in fantasy. So a lot of times, uh, you know, unless you jump right into a battle scene, which will make no sense because you're, you're not part of the world yet. Uh, I like to set it up a little bit, and then the story will start to take off, and away it goes. And once it takes off, it doesn't slow down. Yeah, I like awesome. the way you set it up because it gives us an insight to the characters as, you know, people that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite character? Uh, in this series, I think uh, probably my favorite character is uh, the Goblin Elflin. Uh, I, when I originally started writing fantasy, I said to myself, I'll never write dragons or elves or dwarves because everyone else does that. And that was in 1982. And then 35 years later, when something happened at the end of uh, Into the Madness that brought a dragon into my story, I said, oh, great, I got to go back in time and explain to my readers why there's no mention for the first two and a half books. And when I did that, all of a sudden, uh, a, a dwarf made his way into the story and an elf made the, her way into the story. And the next thing you know, I, I really enjoyed writing about dwarfs and uh, elves and dragons. And now I'm that guy I write about. That's all I write about now is elves, dwarves, dragons. But when I started Keeper of the Jewel, I'm thinking, I want to challenge myself. I need to introduce some other kind of character. And... Uh, I decided I'm going to introduce a goblin. I've never written about a goblin before. And if anyone's familiar with goblins and Dungeons and Dragons, they're just really cannon fodder. They're pesky little characters that uh, give your first level paladin something to level up on. You know, they're really not, a, they don't have much substance. Uh, I turned that trope on his head, on its head. And uh, this goblin has a lot of substance and he's actually the high wizard of the elves. So if you can imagine, if, if you know anything about elven lore, Elves consider themselves so much uh, higher intellect-wise than man, probably because they live so long, you know, so they have a lot more time to uh, gather wisdom and everything else. But uh, they kind of look down their nose at mankind and goblin kind for sure. Like they would not even look at a goblin. But now um, the, the queen before the one that we meet in this story, she actually appointed this goblin as the elven high wizard. And it creates a lot of animosity and angst amongst uh, the highbrow Elven wizard world. Diane, you're on mute. I see you're saying something. Um, wow, that's so exciting. And, um, you know, people can get into those characters right away. Don't yeah. You? And, you know, if you're, if, if you're into rom com or, you know, other uh, genres like that, like you probably have no idea what we're talking about and it would bore you to tears. But if you're into <laughs> fantasy, then you absolutely know what we're talking about. Uh, so uh, yeah, to have a goblin actually, uh, be the high wizard of the elves is is quite something. I'm wondering, you mentioned about your wife and how she did the website for you and you're writing full time. How is that with the two of you together, you know, on this journey? I think that's really neat. It, it's absolutely uh, amazing. There's no issues whatsoever. We both uh, left our corporate jobs in April 2017. I worked with the police service and if I stayed much longer there, the, the stress is going to kill me anyway. So she uh, got me out of that uh, role and uh, we uh, work at home now. I sit at my computer in the same office. She sits in her computer. Uh, we don't bother each other all day uh, at lunchtime. You know, we will stop and we'll go for a walk and do stuff like that. But uh, she's focused on her online business, which is supporting us. And, to, and my dream one day is to allow her to leave that job and hopefully sooner than later. And then I'll support her with my writing. We're not quite there yet, but uh, she also looks after my uh, 
writing business and our daughter's writing business. Our daughter has special needs, and but she saw me writing books and she wanted to write her own story. So she now has six published uh, children's books that she's written. And my wife looks after all the social media she looks after. So if you see anything posted from me, it's generally from my wife. Uh, she looks after Instagram. I haven't got a clue. Uh, Instagram or, or Twitter, I just don't get it. I don't mind doing Facebook because I can interact uh, with my fans, but uh, these other platforms like TikTok, come on, I'm 57, I'm not a TikToker, but she's trying to advance uh, our author career or my author career, and she's starting to do some stuff on TikTok, and I don't know how well I'll be able to do TikTok. I think maybe I'm just a bit too old for that, but uh, we'll, we'll take it in stride and uh, we'll do what we can. I Listen, I'm no expert on TikTok either. I think I posted four or five things, but I think with you in your uh, costume and really getting into the whole thing, I think that would go over really well. I agree. Absolutely. And, and you know, I don't believe in the word OLD. <laughs> I was with some people the other day and they, um, and I think Dr. Chicklin, you might have been on that one too. Um, and they used the word seasoned. And I really like that. I'm seasoned. <laughs> that was me, actually. One was of that our you? Guests, yeah, one of our guests was saying that there's no such thing as a senior citizen, which, of course, Richard, you're not. Yeah. Um, but it's a seasoned citizen. I just loved that. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, Richard. Well, I like that too. I, I just like because of who I am and, you know, the age that I lived through, like TikTok does nothing for me. Like, I, I see yeah. this stuff and I, I don't want nothing to do with it. I guess it's just, you know, yeah. and it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing and that uh, no. these younger people are doing something that's wrong. Yeah. They like, they enjoy doing it. That's great for them. But I just, from a yeah. different day and age, and this is something that doesn't turn my crank. I don't no. not want to get on TikTok, <laughs> but as an author, you know, if that's another platform to yeah. advance my, you know, my Thank presence, you. then I guess and, I have to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And thank goodness your wife's wanting to learn it. So that's great. And she is very, very good. We'll definitely have to have her on to share all her insights because it's part of the publishing world too. So, but yeah, it's no, neat. she's amazing. She, yeah. she looks after two authors and she runs her own uh, online business. She actually does some of the social media for like this multi-million dollar company up here in Canada. And uh, so she's done very well for herself for sure. And then she tries to juggle myself and my daughter's uh, life as well. She attends all the events. She wears a little witch's hat and stuff like that. So she gets in the, <laughs> She gets in the character too. I, I put Elvin ears on her sometimes when we're doing live reads for yeah. certain groups. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's my kind of people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I remember from uh, when you were here last on your website. Isn't there a section where there are events and you can see what's coming up? Yes, that would be the appearances tab. That'll be right next to the books tab. And my wife, again, she looks after that and she updates it and she doesn't just put where I'm going to be. She puts, so you can click on it and you can get all the information. So you don't have to start searching the web for it. All the information about the event is there as well. She gives you a direct link. So uh, if you're looking to see me and get my next book, you can just uh, click on the appearances tab. It should be the third one over. And uh, so that's just an image of me in uh, at Graphicon in Sudbury in 2019. And then if you go down a little bit more, you'll start seeing the, the events start popping up. So she should have everyone that's coming up. We're Waterloo Region uh, Violence Day in the Park. That's on Saturday. We'll be doing that. And then uh, that'll be with my daughter as well. So she's going to be selling her children's books. And then the next day, we're at a writer's festival in Eden Mills, which is within all these places are generally within a couple hours of each other. These ones are fairly close. So this is a, an actual writer's festival. So this is a nice place for anyone to go if you like books, because they've got every genre there, which is really cool. And visit me and, and the, the Dragons. Park. Yeah, and then the following week should be the Royal Medieval Fair. Yeah, there it is. And that is when Wind Walker will actually make his debut. So 
uh, hopefully uh, some of my fans that have been following my appearances will actually come to the Royal Medieval Fair and purchase the book. I'm going to have to follow you on uh, Insta uh, on Instagram. It is fun to go to. And um, if you do some reels, I want to see you in your costumes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, you know what? It, and it's not for lack of my wife trying to get me to do these things. And again, and I don't mean to, to flog the old, uh, the old, old, but it's just, you know, these things just are, there's so much going on. And there's some of these things that just don't make me want to go, oh, I want to do that. And, you know, sometimes I know I have to, like doing interviews a few years ago, I knew I had to do interviews to advance my author career. And I actually signed up to do my very first interview and I didn't sleep for the next three days and I canceled the interview. <laughs> and I, I thought about it for a while. And then, you know, a few months later, I emailed them back and said, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to do this. Do you mind taking me back? And they were gracious enough to have me back on. And it was nerve wracking. My very first interview, I, I didn't sleep. I know. I know. See, a time to fly. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, you got to do these things uh, because especially as an independent author, you know, I don't have uh, Del Rey or all these different big publishing groups uh, looking after me and uh, promoting me. So I got to do it myself. And, you know, I, I'm slowly cutting my teeth. I, I'll know I, I know I'll never be a good speaker and I'm OK with that now. And once I got over myself, I don't mind doing these interviews. I'll hum and haw sometimes and not come up with the words that I want, even though I'm an author. It's amazing. I always say that to people like I know a thousand different ways I can say this one word. And yet when I do an interview, I'll just sit there and be tongue tied. And I'm going to just go blank. But I'm getting better. Well, you're doing very well. You're doing really well. That's for sure. I'd love to have you share with our audience, what is your goal overall as a, because you are an entrepreneur, you're an author, but you're also a business person. So what is your overall goal by um, publishing the content that you're publishing in the fantasy world? I guess that's a two-sided story uh, question. My ultimate goal would be to have HBO, Netflix, uh, uh, Cameron, James Cameron come by or someone, you know, and actually make these into uh into movies or a series and that would be really cool but i think my first goal is to uh, return the favor to my wife she's been awesome enough to allow me to follow my dreams this is something i've dreamt of since i was nine and i didn't think i'd ever achieve it uh, being a canadian and uh, not, you know no one knows who i am uh, i didn't think i'd ever be a published author and she's allowed me to follow my dreams and become a published author and she's fully supportive of me so my First goal is to make enough money selling my books. You know, hopefully I get enough fan base as we keep doing interviews like this. Thank you for having me on. That will uh, get my name out there and hopefully I'll sell enough that I can actually uh, allow her to leave her job. And then she can, what she wants to do now is retire and just look after myself and our special needs daughter. We have some challenges uh, looking after our special needs daughter as far as uh, helping her to achieve what she wants to do in life as well. So it's tough for my wife to do that while she's working full time for this company. And although we're grateful that we have, you know, she has employment there. My goal is to get her out of there so that she can just concentrate on what she wants to do. Wow. You know, if a lot of women are watching this right now, they're going, Oh, I'm going to order his book. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag women. <laughs> Richard, on that note, um, I looked for a link to pre-order, but I didn't see one. Is there one? Yeah, there is a link. Uh, I think if you click on the website on the actual cover of Windwalker in the first in the first uh, on the first page on the landing page, 
I should take you there. All right, I'm going there. We just put the pre-order up. We just put the pre-order up yesterday. I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, Brandon Sanderson, so I don't get, you know, a huge volume of sales off pre-order. So I don't try to, I don't invest much time and energy into building the pre-order sales. I, as soon as I get the book ready, it's out there so that my fans have been sitting there waiting for this book and actually get their hands on it. Okay, I found it. It right. should take you right to the Amazon site. It's a, it's a universal link. So it'll if you're Canadian, it'll take you to Canadian Amazon. If you're American, it should take you to American Amazon and all around the world. Yes, I found it. So I'll be posting that for everyone to be able to see awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So as you think about all that you've accomplished and this next major milestone, um, you talked about your wife and you talked about uh, the two of you working together and, and how things have been and also your daughter. What else is there that you look to accomplish in the near future? I just, uh, like I say, every time I write a book, I get two more in my head. Uh, obviously, as we uh, get into our sunset years, uh, you know, my wife's goal isn't to work the rest of her life. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want, I don't consider this work. So I don't think I'll be working the rest of my life. I'll be in, uh, following my passion for the rest of my life. But uh, you know, there are things that we want to do. We like to travel the world and uh, especially this research trip would be great, but uh, we always travel the world and we pick up little knickknacks and we put in a nice library and stuff like that. But So I imagine I will slow down a little bit with my writing, but I've got at least another 20 books in my head that I want to start filling in the gaps between Keeper of the Jewel, uh, the Highcliffe Guardian series, to the Legend of the Lurker series, to the original series. And I've got some storylines that uh, some of my fans want me to start uh, digging into. So I, yeah, I've got about 20 more books. Hopefully I can uh, stick around long enough to uh, get them all out and uh, and fill in those gaps. So that's my goal is I'll just keep on writing, but uh, you know, probably maybe at a slower pace as uh, my wife and I uh, start to enjoy retirement because uh, you know we've both worked for many, many years in the corporate world and it's time to enjoy the fruits of our labor. That's great. Thank you. 20 so more much. books. I'm still stuck. Now I'm just saying, like, what? More books. what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of all. I got to write faster. Yeah, and and that's so many words. I, and kudos to you to sign up for the group that you have to put fifty thousand words together. I'd be like, I mean, I'd be soaked. My bed would be soaked with sweat just <laughs> thinking that I had to do that. What? Going back, go ahead. It's funny you say that because I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, it just sucked the life out of me uh, as far as writing this book. I, mm -hmm. I love the book and everything else. It's just the, the actual writing itself because if, if you do, I think it's 1,600 and some odd words a day for 30 days in November, you'll hit 50,000 words. And so I generally I can write about 2,000, 2,500 words, and I don't think about that. I just do it. But, you know, I don't write on the weekends. I always um, make a point of taking the weekends off so we can do family time or book events now, but before for family time. And so I make a point of not working on the weekend because, you know, even though as, as much as I enjoy writing, it's still my job. So I, I like to have the weekend off and just refresh my mind. So all of a sudden, as soon as you take those weekends out, all of a sudden the word count average gets higher. And then, you know, you have a doctor's appointment or something happens with the kids or something's going on in life always. And next thing you know, I'm not writing this Wednesday. And then next Thursday, I'm not writing. And it just, all of a sudden, the pressure starts building. I, oh, my goodness, I got to get more. I got to write more. And it just stole the fun out of writing for me. So I will never do it again. I don't need to. And I, I just did it because I wanted to be part of the conversation because also here in November is nano this, nano that. Mm -hmm. I figured if I'm doing it, I can actually take part in the conversation. But I'm not going to take part in that conversation any longer. 
I did something similar so I can relate and never again because it, it took away all the inspiration. Mm -hmm. So I relate to what you're saying. But I have a question. When you were in high school, were you, were you always able to write or were you one of these people who were like, I, why do I have to write a short story? <laughs> no, that was probably uh, what I really enjoyed doing. I loved writing stories for English. So I, I did really enjoy that. I actually uh, dropped out of high school in grade 10, so I didn't get to experience high school too much. Uh, I had a, a child very early on in life, and uh, I finally went back to high school when I was in my 30s. And I, I got my uh, GED, which is the high school diploma up here in Canada, mm -hmm. and that way I could apply for uh, the local police service I had to have a grade 12. So, uh, yeah, so high school, I didn't have much of a high school life, but uh, when I did, and even in grade school, going up to that point, uh, whenever I was asked to write stories, I absolutely loved doing it. I was just the opposite. I didn't, I, I was always crying when they asked to write. So <laughs> now I want to find my English teacher. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what you just said, and Dr. Jacqueline, I, I want to see you. Wow, what an inspiration you are to people. You you saw something you wanted, you needed to do something, you did it, you followed through, which says so much about your character. And then you went on and got your GED and my well, I have a brother did did something similar to you. And and look where you are now. And wow, I, I am in awe of you. I really well, am. Well, thank you. I, I always tell people that you know you only live your life once. And, you know, life's always going to get in the way and it happens to all of us. We have our challenges and stuff like that, but you don't get to come back and do it again. So this isn't a dress rehearsal. So if you've got a dream, there's only one time to, do, to follow it. And, you know, mine didn't happen until I was 52, but you know, it's never too late. And you don't get to come back and say, you know, correct all the mistakes you made in your last life. Right. You've got one shot at it. So at some point, you know, you got to take life by the horns and, uh, you know, we all have our own issues that we have to deal with, but, you know, just try and persevere through it. And there's no reason that none of us or any of us cannot follow our dreams. As long as you want it that, you know, bad enough, I think we can reach it. Very well said wow. and a great way to close out the show. Richard, yeah. we have the link here for people to go ahead and order your newest book. And awesome. I'd love to have you come back and share with us how things are going. You're always welcome. What's the best way for people to reach out to you and who would you like to connect with you? Obviously, fantasy readers or anyone who likes a good story. My wife isn't even a fantasy fan. Uh, she loves my books. Probably she's a little biased, but uh, she she enjoys the story itself. Uh, you know, it's not all it's about fantasy. The thing with any story, rom-com, I always say rom-com, but that's uh, fantasy. It, it's all about the relationship between the characters. It doesn't matter. It could be science fiction. It still boils down to the relationship with the characters. So, But uh, you can reach out. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website there, www.richardhstevens.com. My email should be in there. And Again, like I say, I don't know if I said this online, maybe I was talking beforehand, but uh, I invite readers to name dragons in my books. I think it's a nice way to get back to my readers that they can actually see their dragon appear in my books. And I say thank you to them in my stories. So uh, by all means, reach out to me uh, through www.richardhstevens.com. I'm uh, always available to speak with you. If you're an inspiring writer, I love to uh, help mentor you a wee bit to give you some advice because uh, I know I had a lot of advice and a lot of mentorship uh, when I tried to cut my teeth in 2017. It's it's a pretty daunting process, prospect to be an independently published author, but uh, if I can do it, you can do it. Outstanding. Well, keep up the great work. Thank you. And we're here to support you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Bye for now. Take care. Oh. Really fascinating. I love hearing about fantasy. Uh, it.
you know, it's it's a genre that I can't imagine I would ever do. So I'm in awe of writers who uh, can do that. But this particular author, wow, what an amazing man. And and his books just sound so exciting. So exciting. I, this is what I love about this show is we meet so many people, but um, this is pretty cool. The cover to that book is amazing. I know the covers are stunning. And I think his website is one of the best I've ever seen. I agree. I've seen a lot. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it just draws you in. I know, I'm like, who's that website person? Maybe I need them. <laughs> it's his wife. His wife I know. I know. That's what I mean. Then he says his wife, and I'm like, oh, I bet she doesn't do it for other people. <laughs> you never know. You never, never know. know. But I'm so glad we had him. I do hope he comes back. I, we didn't get a chance to ask, but if you're still listening, Richard, I would love uh, to make to talk to you and and have his, what do you think, Dr. Jacqueline, wouldn't it be fun to have, hear about his daughter's books? I would love Absolutely, that. yes. Yeah. It'd be great to yeah. have her on as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. Great. Good idea. <laughs> so, Diane, we have to close out. The film and music show is right after this. What's the yes, best way for people to reach out to you? And we also have the link to purchase your book, A Time to Fly. Thank you. So the easiest thing is my website, Uh and then if you don't have time for that, you can just Google me because everything comes up, Pinterest, Instagram, et cetera. But it's D-I-A-N-N-F-L-O-Y-D-B-O-E-H-M.com, DianeFloydBame.com. And I know that's a mouthful, Dr. Jacqueline, but I don't know if I ever told you. I promised my dad um, um, right before I get all broken up for a moment. But right before he passed, he said, Diane, I know you're going to be published one day. Can you please add your maiden name um, to your author name? And do you know what? Um, about six months later, I was published. Wow, Diane, that's pretty cool. I know. I think my daddy did it when he was in heaven. <laughs> He probably did. You know, on that um, that comment, just a quick thing. I was going through some old emails in my phone and actually went back to 2011, which I couldn't believe. And it was an email from my father. I'm going to get upset <laughs> about that. I should write a book. See, their I, energy I, is always with us. <laughs> and now look at you. How to write and, and how to get a publisher. It's really it's amazing. So here's to all the dads out there. Yeah, absolutely. To all the dads. And I'm just going to throw out there. Remember how I said, oh, we need to have this one particular uh, show. And I said the name Jack. And uh, you're like, that's my dad's name. I know. It's so cool. <laughs> He's there. He's with you. We're so connected. So have fun on the film and music show. I know it's going to be great. Everybody listening, make sure you stay tuned because it is Awesome. Oh. All right. We'll see you later. Thank Bye. you, Diane. Thank you, Richard. Bye, everyone.